ಓಂ ಜ್ಞಾನತಿಮಿರಂಧಸ್ಯಾನಂಜನಶಲಾಕಾಯ ಚಕ್ಷುರುಮೀಲಿತ್ಯಾಂಗ್ಲೋರಿಫೈಡ್ರಿಂದ is they were always absorbed in thoughts of Krishna. So in the same way, one may be an ordinary resident of Taliyati. He may not be highly educated. He may not have a very high position in society. Just an ordinary person. But if he engages in Krishna's service, then he becomes very special. In Krishna's eyes. Krishna, there were so many... <coughs> there were so many great people in the world at that time. Big powerful kings like Kangsa, Chara, Sandha and others. ವೃಂದಾವನ್ Vrindavan or whether you are living in Taliyati, we have to pick up this mood. This mood of serving Krishna, loving Krishna, chanting about Krishna. Of, that is particularly easy to do in the association of other devotees. Satang prasangan namavirya samvido bhavanti hrit karana rasayana katha taj joshanat ashvapavargavatmani shradha ratir bhaktir anukramishyati. This is the description of Lord Kapiladev. He says that in the association of devotees, discussion of the topics of Lord Krishna is very pleasing. It's very pleasing to the ears. It's very pleasing to the heart. It is Rasayana Katha. It means it's like these speeches, it's like medicine. Here, of course, in Taliyati, we have the Hare Krishna Health Center. So our advice for all Krishna conscious doctors is this, that uh, just like Morari Gupta, the great... devotee of Lord Chaitanya, who was also a doctor. Bhavarog Deharog Dwekarekhoi means that he treated the physical ailments of his patients and at the same time, uh, he, treated them, he treated their material disease and he also treated the disease of birth and death. Deharog. Deha means body. Just like we have that verse, Dehino Sminyata Dehe. Within the body, there is the owner of the body. Deharog. Rog means disease. Deharog and Bhavarog. Bhava means material life, repeated birth and death. So, this disease of repeated birth and death was also treated by Murari Gupta. He used to give his patients the medicine. That is Rasayana Katha, the medicine of hearing about Krishna. That's also stated by Parikshit Maharaj. Parikshit Maharaj was very attentively listening to Shukadev Goswami. And he was simply enjoying listening to Shukadev. And even though he was a great devotee from his birth... still he felt there was some material attachment. You can imagine if you are the emperor of the whole world, you may be attached to wife, home, children, family, servants, kingdom, prestige, position, all these things. So Parikshit Maharaj, he was hearing from Shukadev and he felt all his attachments go away just by hearing. So after hearing nine cantos of Bhagavatam, then he started to hear the tenth canto. 
and he expressed his appreciation to Shukadev Goswami with this very important verse, which Prabhupada quotes at the beginning of the Krishna book. Meaning of this is, same word is given, bhava shod. This is the medicine, this bhava rog is one thing, then bhava shod, bhava rog means the disease of material life, then bhava shod means the medicine for the disease of material life. So what is that bhava shod? That medicine, same thing Kapila Dev, rasayana kata. The medicine is hearing about Krishna. So who will take pleasure in hearing that? Those who are nivritta trishna. There is one word, Krishna. And another word is Trishna. So we don't want Krishna, so we don't want Trishna, we want Krishna. Trishna means material attachments or longings. But what we do want is Trishna for Krishna. We want to be longing for Krishna. Longing means, oh, when will I see Krishna? This, this feeling. Del- heartfelt desire. Lalasa mai. Lalasa. Have you seen that word in the songbook, Siddhi Lalasa? means very strong desire, hoping very much. Trishna is a little different. Trishna, actually the word is thirst. It means thirst when you're ah, ah, well, thirsty for Krishna. So, Nivrita Tarishai. Tarishai means Trishna, same thing. So, one who is, who is free from material longings, material desires, then uh, he can start to really appreciate Krishna. Someone who is very materially attached they cannot appreciate hearing about Krishna. So when the material disease starts to go down, then if we give topics of Krishna, that will be very good medicine. Just like a good doctor knows that different medicines have to be given to different patients in different conditions. So hearing about Krishna is very good medicine. But in the beginning, people, they may not be able to take it. So in the beginning, the two main treatments, there is, uh, that is... uh, Oshad and Patya means medicine and diet. Diet, of course, is also very important. So, our medicine is chanting of Hare Krishna. And the diet is Krishna Prasad. And the hospital is centers of ISKCON. And all the, dis- <laughs> and all the diseased people in the world can come here and take this treatment. Sometimes people may... Th- Sometimes even devotees, they say, what is this? <coughs> I went to ISKCON Toliati and all the devotees were spaced out. And I saw Bhakta so-and-so and Bhakta Igor and his behavior. I don't think it was proper. I just read Chaitanya Charitamrita about all the great devotees, the six Goswamis and Bhakta Igor. He wasn't behaving like that. So I think that uh, the devotees here are not bona fide because they're not exactly like the six Goswamis. So uh, I see the devotees are still contaminated. Therefore, I'll go away and be a, a, a Goswami by myself. I'll become the seventh Goswami all by myself. <laughs> And all the ISKCON devotees, they'll all go to hell. Because they're not, as, they're not as advanced as me. But why should you criticize? If you go to the hospital and you say, this place is terrible, everybody is sick, what kind of criticism is that? Of course they're sick, it's a hospital. But hospital means they're taking the treatment. And if they're following the treatment, and if they're blessed by God, and the doctor is a good doctor, then they'll be cured. So the, the hospital, that is required. If you throw everybody out of the hospital, then how will they become cured? So in our hospital, the first medicine, give them so much prasad, they can't move out. 
then chant Hare Krishna so they can't go away. So while they're full up with prasad and they're hearing Hare Krishna, they'll become purified. And when they want to leave, give them some more sweets. In this way, we, we uh, give people the diet and the treatment. And when they start to think that actually this is something very nice, even if uh, my stomach is bursting, pretty good prasadam. That uh, Prabhupada said, most of our devotees, they're all prasadam bhaktas. So many devotees... So many devotees, they were coming to the movement, but then after having a good feast, they thought, wow, I think I should just join now. <laughs> so anyway, this is the beginning, and the middle, and the end. And when you go to Golok Vrindavan, you can also eat ladus with Krishna. And Prabhupada said that uh, if you're so exhausted from eating too many ladus, and you can't even pick any more up, then in the spiritual world, they jump into your mouth. Of course, here you have to pick them up. So anyway, our program is very simple and nice, chanting, dancing and feasting. But we also have to hear about Krishna very seriously. That is the advanced level of treatment. If we hear about Krishna, that will very quickly make our faith firm. Firm, solid, fixed. That Kapila Dev is describing, Rasayana Kata, Tadjoshana Dashvapavagavatnanishradharatyabhaktiranukramishrati. If we hear regularly, our faith will become strong. Just like many times we find devotees, they, even though they're going on chanting Hare Krishna, but they may have many doubts. Doubts are like demons, because they work away in our brain. It's like a cancer in the brain. What's the word Rak for cancer? Rak. That's a very good name. Onomatopoeic. Sounds like something rotting away. So, uh, just like you may be thinking, well, is God really blue? Does he really have four arms? Is Krishna really God? I really thought I was God. Why is everyone worshipping Krishna? Why are they not worshipping me? I think everybody's got it wrong. They should be chanting my name. There may be so many doubts, just like this, Mayavad. Mayavad means to think, I am God. Or there may be doubts in the devotees. What are these devotees doing, just going out and (coughs) chanting Hare Krishna? They're not very advanced. I should go and find someone really advanced. Someone who doesn't ask me to do all these materialistic things like going and distributing books. I should find someone who just asked me to sit down and chant 120 rounds a day. That would be really Krishna conscious. I thought spiritual life meant being very peaceful, not all this passionate hard work. So like this, we may have so many doubts. We may have philosophical doubts. We may have doubts just born of envy, just like Mayavad. We may doubt even the guru. That, well, I mean, he's just an ordinary guy. Of course... These kind of thoughts are hellish. And if we think like this, we go to hell. Savai Naraki Sa, that Padma Purana says. Arche Vishnu Shiladhir Gurushu Naramatir Vaishnave Jati Buddhir. There's so many things are given. That if anyone thinks the deity is simply some made of stone or metal, if anyone thinks the Guru is just an ordinary man, if anyone thinks the Vaishnavas are just ordinary people, if anyone thinks the holy name of Krishna is just an ordinary sound, if anyone thinks the Charanamrita, washing the feet of the Supreme Lord, is just some ordinary water, if anyone thinks any of these things, he is a candidate for going to hell very quickly and staying there for a long time. But these doubts come in people's minds. If it didn't, then why would people go away? If one is completely convinced that Krishna is the Supreme Personality of Godhead and I have no other business than to serve Him, then we'll never go away under any circumstances. If one is convinced that Krishna is the Supreme Personality of Godhead and my only business is to serve Him, then it doesn't matter if the living conditions are very difficult. It doesn't matter if if, uh, the 
it's very crowded and the prasad isn't what, as good as we'd like it to be according to our estimation. It doesn't matter if we have to go out and distribute books in minus 30 degrees centigrade. It doesn't matter if, if sometimes some devotees, due to whatever reason, they may some things, say some things which we don't like. None of these things matter because we know we're going to Krishna. Not only do these things not matter, but it all becomes blissful. A devotee sees that everything is an opportunity for me to serve Krishna better. But because we are not on that level, we have so many doubts. And sometimes those doubts, they grow like a cancer in the brain. And then we come to the very intelligent conclusion that I should leave this movement. I shall stop chanting Hare Krishna and become a Protestant preacher. So many crazy ideas people have. So, these doubts, they should be smashed. How? By hearing. Hearing regularly. And what kind of hearing? That hearing should be according to our need. Just like the doctor prescribes according to the need. For some patients he may say, now you have to take very bitter medicine. Very bitter medicine. For some patients he may say, now operation, cutting, surgery. For some patients he may say, you sit in the sun lamp. But generally those who have so many doubts, they should hear basic philosophy again and again. This doubt should be cut out. Sometimes devotees, they think, oh, I, I just want to hear about Krishna's sweet, sweet pastimes. But it's like going on eating sweets when you have cancer. If you don't have full faith in Krishna, then you may hear all these things and you may, out of some sentiment, think it is very nice. But the cancer is growing, growing, growing. You may not recognize the cancer. Just like many times it happens, someone has cancer and they don't even know about it. And they may have already come to a very serious condition and then the pain begins. And at that developed stage, it's very difficult to save them. That's why you should regularly see a doctor for diagnosis. So if you go to see the doctor and he recommends, okay, now you have to take this bitter medicine. No, I only want to take sweet medicine. Okay, then you be sick, you die. Uh, if, you, if you think, no, I only want to hear about the very sweet, sweet pastimes of Krishna. But you don't understand who is Krishna. You don't understand our position as the servant of Krishna. Then you have cancer, spiritual cancer. You're taking the wrong food, wrong medicine. That will act as poison on you. Uh, so we have to hear properly and we have to hear what is proper for us to hear. We have to take treatment in the proper way. Prabhupada set up this International Society for Krishna Consciousness. Yeah. Prabhupada was an expert doctor. He was empowered by Chaitanya Mahaprabhu to treat the whole world. He knew what people needed to do to become purified. What is that? Chant Hare Krishna. Associate with devotees. Go out on Sankirtan. Chant Hare Krishna in, a, in public. Distribute these books. That will purify you. Don't try to invent your own method. And see how Prabhupada was preaching. He was always cutting the doubts, cutting the doubts, cutting the doubts, cutting Mayavad, cutting the bogus ideas of the atheistic scientists, cutting our excuses for surrendering to Krishna. So, this way we should take to Krishna consciousness. If we take to Krishna consciousness in this way, our success is guaranteed. Personally, I find it astonishing that so many people come to Krishna consciousness and though even after hearing about it, they don't get full faith. They just take it as a kind of sentiment. They like to chant and dance a little bit, but not very serious. It means they're not hearing properly. As Prabhupada used to say, they have cow dung in their head. No proper brain. This Sankirtan movement is meant for who? Krishna Vardhanam Krishnam Sangopangastra Parshadam Yajyai Sankirtana Prayer Yajanti Hi Last word? Sumedha Saha. Sumedha Saha means very intelligent. 
Krishna has appeared in this Kali Yuga as Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. He is worshipped by Sankirtan Yagya, by those who are of very intelligent, very uh, good, purified intelligence. Intelligent means what? Does it mean you're a PhD, MSc, whatever? No, you can be a PhD and be the greatest fool in the world. Anyone who's preaching in different parts of the world, they have experience of this. We meet so many people who are supposed to be intelligent, but they're absolutely foolish, stupid idiots. They have big, big degrees and they speak in big, big words. The astrologarithmic asphium of the... They speak all these big, big words. But they don't even understand the most simple point of spiritual knowledge. They can't even understand that we're not this body. Such fools. Prabhupada used to say PhD means plough department. Plow. PH means plough and D means department. Plough department. Plough means... Plough means for, for ploughing the field. If they can't understand they're not this body, then they should just go and work in the field, which doesn't require any brain. So intelligent person means who understands that... Krishna is the Supreme Personality of Godhead and I am his servant. You don't have to be a brilliant intellect to understand this. Sometimes people come to Krishna Consciousness and they try to understand everything with their intellect. They try to adjust everything according to their mental concoction. But you cannot understand Krishna like this. Even if you try for millions of years, Krishna cannot be understood by mental adjustment. Pantas tu koti shatavat sarasam pragamyo vayora tapi manaso muni pungavanam so piastiyat pavadisimya vinchinti tatve govindamadi The yogis and they're trying, <coughs> traveling at the speed of mind by their mental calculations to understand Krishna. But even in millions of years they cannot reach even to the tip of the toe of his lotus feet. So how can you understand Krishna? We just have to get a little of Krishna's mercy. Atapite deva padambuja dvaya prasadale shanu grihita eva ijanati tatvam bhagavangsmihim no natanya ekopi chirangvichinva. This is a very important verse from Srimad Bhagavatam. It says that someone who has a little drop of Krishna's mercy, he can understand who is Krishna. Others, they may go on speculating for millions and millions of years and they will never understand Krishna. So to understand Krishna is very easy and very difficult. If we try to understand Krishna through our own mental speculation, it is impossibly difficult. But if we just accept, Krishna is the Supreme Personality of Godhead and I am His servant. And if we engage in His service, then Krishna reveals Himself to us out of His mercy. Atah Shri Krishna Namadi Nabhavet Grahyam Indriyai Sivan Mukhe Hiji Vadal Swayameva By all our endeavors of our, of our senses, senses. We can never understand Krishna. But if we simply become enthusiastic to serve Krishna, Krishna becomes very pleased and reveals himself. So, Krishna. so we should not be over-intelligent. Don't think we can understand everything about Krishna by our own brain power. Doesn't mean we should be fools either. It means we should hear the philosophy of Krishna and understand it. Just accept Krishna is the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Hear regularly about Krishna. Serve him. Make the determination that now I have come to Krishna consciousness, I will never go away. It doesn't matter what happens. It doesn't matter what anybody says to me. It doesn't matter what anybody does to me. It doesn't matter what anybody thinks about me. I must stay in this Krishna conscious movement and serve Krishna. So with this attitude, if we go on hearing about Krishna, then all the doubts will be quickly cleared away. Dashta prayesh vabhadreshu nityang bhagavata sevaya bhagavatyutama shlokte bhakti bhavati By regularly hearing the Srimad Bhagavatam and by serving the pure devotees, all that is inauspicious within the heart is practically destroyed and thus loving service to the glorious Lord who is praised with transcendental hymns.
becomes established as an irrevocable sign. So let us hear about Krishna, chant about Krishna, never go away from Krishna, and in this way make our life successful. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. Any question? What can each Vidvasi can give to those devotees who is trying to uh, follow spiritual master, but his attempts are so lure and uh, very is very weak to make advancement. Why should his attempts be a failure? Spiritual master doesn't ask us to do anything very difficult. The minimum level of following is to chant 16 rounds a day and to follow four regulated principles. There's nothing very difficult in this. So trying means no question of trying. You have to do it. Once you take the vow, you have to do it. It's not a joke to take a vow before Krishna, before the Vaishnavas, before the spiritual master. You have to follow it. No one is forcing you to drink wine or eat meat. It's your choice. You do it or not do it. If, if uh, you've taken that vow and you don't follow, then simply rascal. Prabhupada was asked that. He said, what about devotees who don't chant 16 rounds? Prabhupada said they're simply animals. He said, because they've taken a vow. He said, a human being can take a vow, but an animal cannot. So if someone takes a vow and then doesn't follow it, then he's not a human being, he's an animal. This was Prabhupada's. Another question. What about the third eye? I don't know anything about it. If you want to know about third eyes, please go and find some yogi in the Himalayas. Our business is chanting Hare Krishna. There may be third eyes, fourth eyes, fifth eyes, whatever. Krishna has given me two eyes, so let us use them to look at Krishna. Yogi nama bisarvesham madgatena antaratmana shradhavan bhajate yomam same yuktatamomata. The best of all yogis is one who is always thinking of Krishna. You don't have to worry about third eyes or chakras or kundalini or anything like this. This is just all a complete waste of time. It's just a, it's just a diversion of maya, that's all. It's got absolutely nothing to do with spiritual advancement. Spiritual advancement means to love Krishna. There may be a little advantage... The yogis, they have to control the senses. But unless, after controlling the senses, they advance to the point of loving Krishna, then they're simply wasting their time. So please don't waste your time with all these things. You can't become successful in these things anyway. It's not possible for you. You have to follow a very rigid process, which is it's <coughs> simply not possible for you to do. So if anyone tells you that you can, become, you can do all these things in Taliyati, he's simply cheating you. If you were, if you want to be successful in yoga, chant Hare Krishna. All right. If uh, someone is so busy that he can cannot read uh, shastras regularly, uh, how much is is bad for him? If he's so busy, he can't read the shastra regularly, and if and if he wants to make his life successful in Krishna consciousness, then yes. he should adjust his lifestyle, make some adjustment, work less. Sleep less, eat less, don't watch television, don't read newspapers. Whatever you have to do, make time to read these books of Srila Prabhupada. Because by reading these books, our intelligence will be fixed on Krishna. And if we don't read these books, then our intelligence will remain in Maya. So we have to make time. Minimum half an hour a day. What's the point? If you don't have time to engage in activities of Krishna consciousness, what's the point of even being alive? If we can't improve ourselves spiritually, then we're just heading towards the lower species of life. It means our human life is being spoiled. Do whatever you have to do. There's no doubt in Grihastha life, there are many different pressures 
Which brahmacharis they can't even dream about. They don't know. No, I thought he was a doctor. What's he doing? Computer user. Well, I discuss. I suggest you discuss it with your boss and work less hours. Work half an hour less and read Prabhupada's books for half an hour. How many hours a day do you work? How many hours a day? Approximately eight hours. Anyway, somehow you try to make some adjustments. Find time to read, it's very important. I mean, it's not only Grihastas. I'm a sannyasi, you might think I've got all day and I have, I'm completely free. And just having a good time, traveling from place to place, getting flower garlands and getting fed all this nice food. But uh, you'll find the sannyasis in our movement, they're also very busy. I also don't have as much time to read as I would like. I'd personally like to have a minimum of 30 hours every day. I have so much work to do, but somehow or other, I'm reading anyway. So you also please try to do it. It's very important. So, our yogini here. Yogini means lady yogi. It's also a name for Radharani, because she's mystically attracting Krishna. Anyway, what's the question? Subtle sensation or extra sensation, is it good or not? If it helps you to think of Krishna, it's good. If not, it's useless. That is the test. She's very beginner. Just try to understand that the goal of life is to love Krishna. All these things like extrasensory perceptions and third eyes, it's just like children's games. She said as well. What did she say? What did you answer? She said, I have this from very my birth. I, I'm asking you because of this, not because of something else. So what did you say? I told you, therefore, Guru answer you in such a way. Krishna told Arjuna to remain uh, in his duties as Kshatriya to the very end. And does it mean that in our devotional service we also should do our service to the ultimate end? main thing Krishna was teaching Arjuna was to surrender to Krishna's desire. The, uh, telling him that if you fight as a sh- what is that? Hidvava prapsasi swargam. He says, if you, if you die, if you die, you'll go to the heavenly planets. And if you win the, fa- the fight, then you'll enjoy the earth. So these was, this is not his main purpose to tell Arjuna to be a good Kshatriya. These were secondary arguments to Back up his main argument. This is very common in India that people say, Oh, Krishna just told us to do whatever we want to do. Whatever we want. Yes. In, in India, the most famous verse from Bhagavad Gita is, Kamanye Vadikaraste, just this line actually, which, which says that you have a right to do your work. This is the best known line of Bhagavad Gita in India. And everyone interprets this to mean that Krishna says that we should work like an ass, and that is the perfection of life. Which is not at all what Krishna says. So everything has to be understood in perspective. In perspective. In In perspective. It means in focus, something like that. It should be understood in context. Krishna gave so many instructions in Bhagavad Gita. One of them is Yat Karoshi, Yadash Nasi, Yat, Yat, what is it? Yatrajasi, Karushva, Yat, Yat Jehosi, Matthavasasi, Yat Karushva, Madarpanam. Whatever you do, whatever you eat, whatever you give away in charity, 
Whatever you're doing, do it as an offering for me. So that is one stage that Krishna oh, yeah. is saying that whatever you're doing anyway, you offer to me. But his ultimate instruction is Sarvadhaman Paritya Jama Mekam Sharanam Raja. Give up your own ideas and just follow my idea. These different levels of advancement are described in chapter 12 of Bhagavad Gita, in which Krishna says to Arjuna, read chapter 12, text 8. Can you change the script? Yeah, I'll change the Sanskrit. Mayeva mana adhatsva mayi bhutim niveshaya nivasishyasi mayeva ata urdhvang nasangshaya ata urdhvang nasangshaya So this is the same as Krishna's final instruction in Bhagavad Gita to always think of him, become his devotee and in this way you will go to him. So then Krishna says ata chitang samadhatung nashak noshi mayistiram abhyasa yogina tato mamich haptam dhananjaya So Krishna is saying well if you're not Able, if you're not immediately able to come to the perfect stage, then follow the process of bhakti yoga. Then, if you can't even do that, Krishna gives another idea. Abhyase pyasamarthosi mat karma paramobhava madartang api karmani kurvan siddhim avapsyasi. And there are other levels also which are described, but uh, in our Krishna conscious movement, this last mentioned level is the. We don't go beyond this. There are other levels, just like uh, doing some charitable work or something like that. Krishna says, if you can't, e- if you can't even work for me, then at least be a morally good person. Yes, Krishna yes. says, at least try to be moral, or yes. try to be knowledgeable, or do some meditation, or do something. But these things are actually outside the scope of Krishna consciousness. So in our movement, we don't recommend these things. So the best thing is to be a pure devotee of Krishna. But uh, seeing as almost all of us are not <coughs> pure devotees of Krishna, then we should follow the rules and regulations of Bhakti Yoga. And in that way you can become a pure devotee of Krishna. And if you can't do that, you can work for Krishna. And when you're working for Krishna, you can also uh, follow some of the rules and regulations of Bhakti Yoga. Everyone is at a different stage of advancement. So what uh, some people can follow, others may not be able to. May not be able to means actually everyone can follow. There's nothing stopping them. But some are more materially attached. Therefore, for some people, we, we ask them, please chant Hare Krishna. Just start to chant. Just like, I may meet somebody and ask them, you please start to chant one round, Hare Krishna Mahamantra, every day. So, if, I, if my initiated disciple hears me say that, if my initiated disciple hears me tell that person to chant one round a day, and if he thinks, oh, my guru said to, uh, chanting one round a day is good, so I'll also chant one round then that's not good. He's supposed to chant at least 16 rounds a day. So for someone who's chanting at least 16 rounds a day, for him to come to the stand of chanting one round a day is very bad. But for someone who's not (coughs) chanting at all, for them to start chanting one round a day is very good. Actually, our aim is not even 16 rounds a day. Our aim is satatam kirtayantomam, always chanting about Krishna. But because different people are at different levels, uh, of surrender and advancement. So Krishna is giving different instructions to elevate people at different levels. So if you say that, well, I should just carry on what I'm doing, is that the best thing? Mm-hmm. Well, maybe it is and maybe it isn't. It depends on... It depends on... Uh, your own level of advancement and surrender. A general principle is to always go forward in Krishna consciousness. Yes, any other question? All right, she's enthusiastic. I don't know exactly in English. Uh, clinical, that's the
Ja, ja, ja. Uh, what does it mean? I never heard such an expression. Yeah, Clini- yeah. Clinical death happens in clinics. She means uh, simple clinical death. What does it mean in the... Uh, what, what is the definition of death? Uh, is that what she's asking? No, she's asking uh, clinical death. For example, this... Someone, they have their own, got all the tubes in their body and they're just being maintained alive. When they're considered dead, but they come back to life again. Uh-huh. Like that. In the Bhagavad Gita, Lord Krishna describes that when the soul leaves the body, that is called death. Now, in some cases, the soul, even having left the body, goes back into the body. Or sometimes the body shows <coughs> symptoms of death when it's not actually dead. Is that all right? Very difficult to translate. Why don't you translate yourself? Why don't you just answer yourself, sir? Sorry? Why don't you just answer yourself, sir? Okay. Answer You please try to understand Krishna. When we understand Krishna, then all questions are satisfied. Everything becomes in focus, clear. What is the important subject matter? What is it? As long as we're in material consciousness, so many things may seem to be very important. But when we understand that Krishna is important, then everything else becomes... Listen. Becomes... Uh, see that it's not important. Now it's true that all these things are very interesting, just like out-of-body experience, extrasensory perception, they're all very interesting. Well, uh, some kind of rest in the... Huh? Some kind of yeah, these things are all very interesting. They're all uh, unusual outside of ordinary experience. But uh, when you become interested in Krishna, then all these things, even though they become of secondary interest. When we understand our real position is that we are eternal servant of Krishna, then we don't become interested in it. Because of some karma or whatever, we may have some extrasensory experiences. Maybe we had some yogic power from previous life or something. But devotees are not very interested in yogic powers. They see who is the greatest yogi. Some yogi, he may by his mystical power produce some gold in his hand. But God, by his wish, he creates millions of universes. And in each universe are millions of planets. And in these planets there are so, <coughs> many, there are so many gold mines. So we are interested in this yogi. His yogic power is... Far more than any yogi of this material world can even dream of. Even it's described in the Vedic literature that some sages in the past, by their yogic power, they could even create a, an artificial universe. So what is, even if we have little yogic power, what is it compared to that? Please try to understand, it's not a very important thing. The important thing is to learn how to get free from birth and death. You may have so many extrasensory experiences in this life, But if in your next life you end up becoming a dog, what is the value? Please try to understand what is the really important subject matter. Even if by yogic power you can travel all over the universe, that that won't get you free from birth and death. The really important thing is to get free from birth and death. That you can do, and even you can, even far more than getting free from birth and death, you can get simply by chanting Hare Krishna. This chanting Hare Krishna is gives the greatest mystical benefit because it lifts you out of the body, beyond this material world. This chanting of Hare Krishna converts material into spiritual. Those whose mystic vision is not very developed, they cannot see it. But those who have got developed devotional mysticism, they can see that this place here is non-different from the spiritual world. Really developed mysticism is to see God everywhere.
Yomam Pashati Sarvatra Sarvangcha Mai Pashati To see Krishna everywhere and Krishna in everything. So you please try to develop this mysticism. There's a far, far greater mysticism than this little tricks. How can we develop love to our spiritual master quickly? Well, you're supposed to have love for your spiritual master already. Why should you not love him? If he's saving you from birth and death and giving you Krishna, then only a very ungrateful person would not be loving. You should act in that relationship of love. Just like in the traditional Vedic system, children were married. Yes. Still in India you find girl is four years old, the boy is seven years old and they're married. Even though it's against the law, it still goes on. So they don't immediately live together. But when the girl and boy get a little older, <coughs> the parents of the girl start to send her to serve the boy. From about the age of ten or something like that, she'll start to cook some chapatis and sabji and take it to the house of her husband and serve him. With yeah. Because by the age of ten, in any traditional family, any girl can cook chapati, sabji and so many different things. So she understands, my relationship is fixed up with this boy. And my duty throughout life is to serve him. And if I do that, I'll be happy. So in, even though in the beginning there's no relationship because she goes on serving submissively, then naturally the love grows. The love is nourished by service. And when the uh, husband is satisfied and gradually they grow older, no, gradually they grow older and they live together. So uh, when, the, when the husband is satisfied and he sees the girl is always serving him very faithfully, he also becomes pleased. And then he's very pleased to execute his duty as husband, which is to protect her, give her clothing, ornaments, and so many different things. This actually, in, in the Western countries, they have this idea, you should fall in love, which just means that they're attracted on the basis of lust. One, they look at each other with lusty eyes and they become attracted. But in India, you'll find, in traditional marriages, they don't even talk about, they, they don't even talk about love. It's just understood. The wife loves the husband and she serves him. I I, uh, I saw one book, it was by some stupid American woman's liberation person, who went to India and she thought the condition of Indian women was horrible. They live such a horrible life. They don't wear miniskirts. Miniskirt means a dress which goes up to here. After they get married to their husband, they don't mix with other men. They don't get divorced five or six times in their lives. What a horrible life. So uh, she asked one woman, do you love your husband? The woman thought about it for some time, then she said yes. Then she asked her why, and she replied, because he's my husband. And this American stupid woman thought this was the most stupid reply that anyone could ever hear. But that, for the Indian woman, that is exactly the correct answer. Of course you love him, because he's your husband. Because that relationship is fixed up. There's no, uh, you don't, means you may have good feeling towards all others, but your particular relationship is with him. So in this way, there's no particular, there shouldn't be any particular question whether or not you love your guru. Of course you love your guru. You love him because he's giving you everything. He's giving you Krishna. And you make that love more and more and more and more by serving. When you hear <coughs> the instructions which cut away your maya and fix you up in Krishna consciousness, you become more and more and more grateful. This whole question, it's based on the Western idea of love. I love you today, I forget you tomorrow. Today we love each other, get married, tomorrow divorce. But uh, Vedic culture doesn't teach such a frivolous approach to life. 